0: today there is something against us and that something is the enemy and whether you know it or not every day you were in a battle with the enemy because the enemy knows that there is great influence in your life that God has placed inside of you and he doesn't like it so he's come to steal he's come to kill and he's come to destroy that purpose He's come to destroy the influence that God has planned for you. Now, hear me very clearly. The enemy does not have the power to destroy you. He does not have the power to destroy you, but he does have the ability to distract you. And I believe that today's topic is one of his greatest tools of distraction. We've all faced it. Some of us deal with it better than others, But at some point in your life, you have been offended. So today we're gonna talk about the spirit of offense. Because if we don't deal with it and we don't take care of it, it will affect us in ways that you could never even dream of. You know, I love the way that John Bevere puts it in his book, The Bait of Satan. It says this, many are unable to function properly in their calling because of wounds and hurts that offenses have caused in their lives. They are handicapped and they are hindered from fulfilling their full potential. Now I'm not talking today about a fence that's in your backyard to keep your dog from running away or your children from running off. Okay, not that kind of offense. I'm talking about the kind of offense that rises up when you, inside of you. When someone says, d- does, didn't do, war, promise, posted, etc., that causes feelings of angst and anxiety and frustration to rise up inside of you. Here's the definition of an offense: It's an annoyance or a resentment brought about by a perceived insult, to or disregard for oneself or one's standards or principles. So when I become offended, it's because you have done or said something to cause something inside of me to be disrupted. Now I'm going to put offense in two categories today. We've got genuine offense and perceived offense. You guys with me? Everybody's with me. Okay. So a genuine offense is someone genuinely said or did something to you that has hurt you and caused feelings to rise up inside A resentment towards the individual for the pain that they brought you. An example of a genuine offense would be this. Someone promised you forever, and then they left. Someone promised that no matter what, they would have your back. In any situation, they would have your back. But instead, they turned their back on you. And the thing is, a genuine offense is very real. And it really does affect us. It hurts And it's painful. Now we're going to look at a perceived offense. A perceived offense is that someone responded or didn't respond in a manner that you were expecting. For example, I see you at the grocery store. I notice that you beeline for the next line. (laughs) And I notice that you pick up your pace. Clearly, you are mad at me and you do not have time for me. What have I ever done to you to deserve this kind of treatment? How dare you? This is a perceived offense. Because my perception was, it, was supposed to play out a certain way, and when it doesn't, I get offended. Because I feel like you should have responded in a certain way. And if we do not deal with our offenses, rather genuine, rather they're genuine or perceived, the enemy will begin to get a hold of your future and of your destiny. So what do we do when we've been offended? What do we do? I find it interesting that in the armor of God, which is in the book of Ephesians, God tells us to daily put on our armor. And the only offensive weapon is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So we're going to look today at the word of God to see how it is that we can get over an offense and move on from an offense. Luke chapter 17 verse one says this, then he, this is Jesus speaking, then he said to the disciples, it is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through whom they did come. Good news today, you will all be offended. (laughs) Isn't that great? Not really. Right? So Jesus says in this life you will all experience offense, but woe to the one who causes the offense. So be careful today. If you are the one who has been the offender in someone's life, it is your responsibility today to take ownership of it and take care of it and move on so that God can move in your life in the fullest way that he wants to. So Because we're going to deal with it, let's talk about it. If you don't take notes, I'm encouraging you once again to take notes. You've got this fancy clicky LifePoint pen, and you've got a welcome guide that's there for you. If you haven't experienced offense in your life yet, just like God's word says, you will. And I'm pretty confident you have because I have already offended my (laughs) two-year-old. And she lets me know daily. I don't know who came up with the terrible twos, but I'm changing it to the tornado twos. My house is a wreck because she's on the loose, right? So we've all been offended. Let's look today at how to deal with it. Number one, here we go. We're gonna admit that we've been offended. We're gonna admit that we've experienced an offense in our life. Proverbs says first pride, then the crash. The bigger the ego, the harder the fall. Isn't that encouraging? Listen to me. If you do not admit that you've been offended, you are carrying pride in your life. And the only way to deal with pride in your life is to dig it up and get rid of it. A few weeks ago, I was sitting at dinner with our family in our kitchen and I looked out the window and I noticed a very large living thing growing outside the middle of our bushes. It was growing so high that it reached the roof of our home. Now, I never really noticed this before because I wasn't paying attention. But you see, this living thing was actually a weed. This weed had grown in the middle of my bushes, and before I knew it, it had almost taken over the entire landscape. It was so distracting that that's the only thing that you would see. You see, a weed will continue to grow unless it's pulled up by its root. And this is what a fence does. A fence is like a weed. It will continue to grow until you pull it up by its root. Now the reason my weed got so out of control is because I wasn't paying attention to it and I didn't notice it. But by the time it got to where it was, I had to dig deep. Well, I didn't dig deep. But somebody had to dig deep (laughs) to get that root out because it was so deep in the ground. But the only way to uproot that weed was to dig as deep as I needed it to, to get it taken care of. And if you are not careful today and you don't remove the root of offense in your life, it will take over the landscape of your everyday. It will take over the landscape of your destiny. And God wants so much more for you in this life that he's created for you now. I wanna confess something to you because originally when I felt like the Lord had put the spirit of offense on my heart to teach to you today, it was in regards to a conversation that I'd had with a friend. You see, this friend for years has held an offense towards a group of individuals because of past hurt and because of past feelings. And there I sat in the middle of this conversation once again, listening to my friend and her reasonings for isolating herself from the relationships around her. But as I began to study God's word and as I began to ask the Lord to reveal to me what it was he wanted to show me, he began to show me that, that I was holding an offense. I was holding an offense Towards people and towards individuals that I didn't even realize I was doing. To the point where one night in my dreams, I dreamed about this couple that I haven't seen in a very long time. They were, they were in my lives years ago. But in my dream, I was so upset with them. I was so angry at them. And, you know, I've seen them in town occasionally since all of that happened several, several years ago. And I'm nice. I'm a nice person. I say, hello, I'm kind to them, have a great day, (laughs) bye-bye. Right? But I didn't realize that there was actually a lot more going on. on. There was actually a lot more going on inside of me that I didn't recognize, and the Lord took the time because he's kind like that. He's a kind father who doesn't want you to stay where you are. He has so much better for you. So out of the kindness of who he is, he allowed me to have a dream about these people. I woke up from that dream and I immediately asked the Lord for his forgiveness. And not that I'm like super excited about seeing them again but I do believe that when I see them again, it'll be a different form of conversation. It'll be a different form of love that flows out from inside of me. Because now I know that I am to extend an agape love. An agape love is an unconditional love. A love that is given not based on someone's conduct, but based on the fact that I too needed unconditional love. I am a sinner. You are a sinner. Your offender is a sinner. We all need the grace that only Jesus can give so because of the grace that i've been given i too get to be a grace giver you too get to be a grace giver now some of you are sitting here right now and you're thinking "Ooh, this message i am sending this link to so and so tomorrow (laughs) because they need to hear this because they have offended a lot of people and they need to get it in check Today is not about them. Today is about you. Yeah. That's good. Today is about you. This is an opportunity for you to have a conversation with the Lord about the things in your life that you need to deal with so that you can move on. And just so you know, if you really want your friend to see it, you can send them the link tomorrow. <laughs> It'll be available for you. But for today, we're going to do our own soul searching We're gonna do our own. God, what is going on in my spirit and what do you want to do to make my life become more effective and influential in the lives of those around me? Here's the deal. If you ask him, he'll show you. Look what David said in Psalms. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So you just sit right where you are right now I'm giving you a second just to ask the Lord to search your heart, to know you, to show you, and I believe today that he's going to extend grace to you as you offer forgiveness to those in your lives. Number two, first we're going to admit that we've been offended, and then we're going to assess the offense. Offense. Earlier, I talked about two categories of offense, a genuine offense and a perceived offense. Let's talk for a minute minute about a perceived offense. Remember, you will receive what it is that you perceive. All right, I'm going to say it again. You will receive what it is that you perceive. So there are many situations of offense in our lives that, let's be honest, just aren't even real. Meaning, I expected a certain response out of you, and when I didn't get it, I became offended. My expectation did not line up with the reality of what took place. One time I was meeting with a counselor and he explained to me that frustration, frustration is what lies between an expectation and the reality. So when I have an expectation that is unmet, I become frustrated. For example, when you get married, there is an expectation that your husband will gladly pick up his socks. He will gladly put his dirty clothes in the laundry. That is not always what you may receive. Not saying that's the case in our home. I'm just saying. But for him, maybe he expected you wouldn't come to bed every night in your flannel PJs. Maybe he thought at some point you'll take off that old T-shirt of his and those cozy pants that you have, but the reality doesn't maybe work out that way, and so you have a gap of frustration. And I would say that offense is the same way. You perceive that someone's going to speak to you a certain way or respond to you a certain way, and when you do not receive that, you fill the gap with offense. Before you even know the whole story, You have decided, based on your own reality that you have come up with in your mind, that they are being offensive towards you. Let's look at this verse. Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. That's fun. (laughs) Fools find no pleasure in understanding. In other words, we don't take the time to ask for the truth. So we create what appears to be our own reality. Let's look at this one. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. So as long as it depends on me, I'm gonna do whatever I can do to live at peace with everyone. So what if, instead of filling the gap with offense, we fill the gap with trust? So I perceive someone's gonna do this, and then I don't receive what I perceived from them, but you know what, I'm gonna fill the gap with trust. You know, Sally didn't see me at the grocery store. Maybe she really didn't see me. I noticed she picked up her pace, so maybe she was actually in a hurry. You know what, no big deal, I'll catch her next time. You see, filling with the gap, filling the gap with trust says I'm secure. Filling the gap with trust I'm secure in the relationship. I'm secure in the conversations that we've had in the past. I'm secure in the fact that, you know what, there are some times that you just honestly, you're zoned in, you're in a hurry, you don't mean to ignore people, that's not the intention of your heart. So fill the gap with trust in those type of areas. You know, this is a big thing for us at LifePoint. A way to love people well is to give them the benefit of the doubt. Now, I'm not saying you let people walk all over you, but in general, when you have a perceived offense, it's usually not even what is reality. So assess your offenses. All right, let's flip the word a little bit. It's a different spelling, but go with me. And let's access your offenses. What is it in your life that you give access to that causes you to be offended easily? You're not gonna like this, so get ready. Remove those tools, remove those triggers that bring about offense inside. If you watch a certain television show whose political views make you want to grab something and throw it at the people behind the screen, stop watching it. Don't give access to your eyes or to your mind when it makes you angry inside. If there's a group of people who consistently speak about things that go against your convictions or they insult your standards or they insult your principles, stop listening. Walk away. Don't be engaged in the conversation if you find yourself becoming upset. Now, there are some things in your life that I do believe you need to stand up for. But the majority of the time when we're offended, it's because we are putting ourselves in situations that we know will cause offense. And in all honesty, some of us just set ourselves up for offense. Let me think about something else here. Oh, here, I got my phone. Um, What do they mean by this comment? Do they think their new church is better? Wait a minute. I don't do that for my children. She's clearly posting to make the rest of us moms feel bad. My spouse never takes me anywhere. Must be nice. Whoa. We did not get invited to this party. Babe! 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 Did we get invited to this party? Because I didn't get an invite. Did you get an invite? You never check your email. Did you get an invite? I knew it. They're pushing us out of the friend circle. It's because of all these kids we have. We're not getting invited anymore. In grace and truth, my friends today, put it away. Put the phone away. Delete the app. Find the Version Bible app. Scroll through that. It'll be way less offensive. Some of you need to, maybe for a season or for a very long time, unfollow some people. You need to unfollow those people that you call friends because they're not. They're just people who like to air their opinions. Wow. And it is not beneficial for your life. It is not beneficial for the calling that God has placed inside of you. Your assignment is too big to be messed with. Your assignment in the kingdom of God is too big to allow a tiny 8-inch phone device get in the way of it. So be aware. Be aware of those things in your life that you allow access to come inside of you. Now the next two are going to be a lot because they were a lot for me, so I'm just going to assume they're going to be a lot for you. But you can do it. Don't tune me out. Don't tune me out. Listen. Listen to what the Word of God says. These are the two things that will be the key to unlocking the offenses in your life. Number three is to pray for the offender. Matthew tells us this. You have heard that it was said... Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. This is actually Jesus speaking. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Pray for those who persecute you. We could also say pray for those who've offended you. I feel like a child when it comes to this verse because my response is, I don't want (laughs) to. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that, Jesus. Because prayer is not the first thing that I think about when someone has hurt me or my family. When someone has said things that are untrue, I don't want to really pray for them in the moment. I want to have an opportunity to defend myself. I want to be able to defend the decision that we made or, or whatever it may be. or I want to have justice given for what's been done. Because some things are wrong and unkind and not right. And, and I feel like you know justice should be given. But maybe... Jesus knew this would be a difficult step for us, so maybe that's why he took a whole section of the Sermon on the Mount, which is where this conversation took place, in order to reiterate to us the importance of loving and praying for those who've offended us. You see, when we pray for those who have offended us, we ultimately honor God. We ultimately honor the Creator. And as you begin to pray for them and express an agape, an unconditional love towards them, you will soon realize that your heart begins to change as well. Because you'll begin seeing your enemies as Jesus sees your enemies. Those who need just as much forgiveness as we do. Those who just need to be saved by grace just like we do. Those people that hurt you and say things and do things, they need just as much forgiveness as we do. We are called to pray for them. Now, Jesus isn't specific about the type of prayers, but I'm confident he's not asking us to pray like this. Jesus, I pray tomorrow they would lose their job, (laughs) amen. Jesus, might they get a flat tire on the way to work today? Amen, would they maybe potentially, possibly slip on a banana pill and just break something? Get their awareness, Lord. Make them wake up, make them realize what they've done. No, Jesus is not asking us to do prayers of cursing, he's asking us to do prayers of blessing. We're gonna pray blessing prayers over those who've offended us. Now, again, not my favorite thing, right? And sometimes it's like, I don't even know where to start. How do I pray for someone who's messed with me and my people? But I came up with this little acronym that helps me, and I pray that maybe it'll help you. So this is what we're going to do. Jesus, I pray peace over this individual today. The end. If that's where you got to start, that's a good step. Jesus, I pray you'd bring peace to this person. Lord, I pray that you would refresh them. The spaces of their life where they feel empty, God, I pray that you would refresh them today. Lord, I pray that you would awaken their eyes, awaken their soul. Some of those who have offended you are non-believers, so this is a great place for you to pray for them to come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. I pray that you would awaken their eyes, awaken their ears to see and experience who you are. And those who have offended you that are believers, pray that the Lord would maybe awaken areas in their life that they need to work on. And why is yes, yes, Lord, I pray today, whatever the request, the answer is yes for this individual. Would you give blessing and would you bestow favor on their lives? This isn't about you. This is about being obedient to a God who loves us unconditionally. And it's the least that we can do is to just do what he's asked of us and that's to pray. The final one today is this and that's to forgive. We're gonna look at God's word several times right now because this is a really difficult one. Especially when your offense is genuine. When your offense is something like someone should have taken care of you and they didn't as a child. Instead of protecting you, they neglected you. Or maybe your spouse who, like I said earlier, promised forever and then just up and decided to leave. That's a hard offense. That's a hard thing to to want to forgive, but let's look at God's word and let's see what he says. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. And forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. This is part of the Lord's prayer, right in the middle. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that, you've received it. It will be yours. But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against. I don't know if you've noticed the theme in this, but Jesus is asking us to forgive in order to receive his forgiveness. You see, I cannot receive the forgiveness that can be given to me if I'm holding a grudge and I'm not forgiving the person that has offended me. I know that this is difficult, but anything in your life that you want to use to improve your life or to make it better is going to take work, right? It's going to take some exercise. The more you do it, the easier it's going to get. But for some of us today, forgiveness is going to be the heaviest weight. It's going to be the most difficult bench press that you've ever had to do in your entire life. But you can do it. You can make the choice to do it. God has called you to do it and he also promises you that you will never be alone and you can do all things through him because of the strength that he gives you in the midst of it. You'll have to decide today that you're going to say you're forgiven. Now for some of us, you may be thinking, you know what, I'll forgive them when they ask for my forgiveness. I'll forgive them when they admit what they did to me and they ask for forgiveness, then I'll forgive them. But in in grace and truth today, Jesus died on the cross for my sins before my apology. He did not wait for me to say that I was sorry. He did not wait for you to say that you were sorry before he freely gave the forgiveness of sins. To the point where on the cross, he cried out, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. Them is you. Them is me. Forgive them because we didn't even exist exist yet, but the Father knew that we would need his forgiveness in this life and that that forgiveness is what would set us free from being able to live the full and potential life that God has for us, the full destiny that he has for us. For some of us today, your action step is this. You need to make a phone call after church or you need to set up a coffee date. I would encourage you that this is not a text conversation. This is a conversation that you should have face to face if you can. For some of you, the person that offended you is no longer alive or it's honestly just not safe for you to be around them. So for you, I would say to write it down God's word tells us that there is power in our words, whether it's written or whether it's spoken, it can bring healing and it can restore. So when you meet up with this person that has offended you and you know, you know, you know who that person is that you've been holding a grudge against. So when you you meet up with them, you're gonna go in with I first because I statements invite and you statements accuse. So you're gonna go in with, I am here to ask for your forgiveness because I have been holding an offense against you. And I'm gonna ask that you forgive me today. And you're gonna wait and give them an opportunity to either say, I honestly did not even know that I did that, if it's a perceived offense potentially, or if it's a genuine offense, I'm very sorry. And you're gonna receive that forgiveness. Now, you also need to be aware that as you extend forgiveness and ask for forgiveness, you may not get reciprocated what you're hoping for. And that's okay. That's okay. Because you are doing what God has asked of us to do, and that's to forgive. If you write a letter, same thing. I'm going to ask for you to forgive me for the offense that I held against you. And from this day forward, I'm going to choose to let go. I'm going to choose to let go of the offense because God has way too much in store for me to stay here in this spot. You know, earlier I mentioned Luke 17:1, where it says that all of us will experience offenses in our life. You know that word offense in the original translation that was in Greek really stands for the word scandalon. And a scandalon in ancient and Greek times was used as a bait stick. A scandalon was a bait stick that a hunter would put and set up with his trap. So the bait would be put on the bait stick, the animal would come and take the bait, and then the trap would come and entrap the animal. And this is what I'm saying to you today is that the offenses in your life are the bait that the enemy wants to use to trap you, to keep you in captivity, and to hold you from the purposes that he has on this life, in the life that you live. And here's the deal, you don't have to take the bait. You can choose today to not take the bait of offense and not allow the enemy to entrap you let me show you this really quick um, through an illustration. I'm going to call my friends out. Can we give them a hand? Take, take some courage to come out on a stage in front of you all. So I've written down some common offenses that maybe you have experienced in your life or potentially will one day. Because today isn't just about what's coming, but today is also about the past. And you have an opportunity today to clear it all up because Jesus is full of mercy and he's full of grace. But here's some of the things we get offended by. We're offended by rejection. People have gossiped about us. People have betrayed us. They've neglected us when they said they'd protect us. Social media, you know my thoughts about that. Inequality, unwanted opinions. These are things that kinda come at us sometimes every day, a few more than others. But here's what happens. If we do not admit that we've been offended, we will allow these offenses to surround us in our lives. They will surround us in a way that will begin to trap us internally. They will surround us in a way that eventually you won't even see the person that God has created me to be. Because I'm so offended and I can't let go of it that I am allowing these offenses to keep me hostage. You see, Offense builds a fence between you and your God-given destiny. Offense hides the you God intended you to be. We create walls of protection when we find ourselves hurt, even at the expense of our relationships. Offense is a barrier to the relationships God intends for you to nurture. Offense can keep you from taking faith steps due to fear because you choose to not get over it. In the circle, we can't see outside of our offenses because everything we see is out of the offenses surrounding me. I can only see through my own offense. So whatever it is that you've done to offend me, that is now the lens that I look at my everyday life through. I look through the lens of offense rather than the lens of freedom. So this is what we're gonna do today. I pray this is what you're going to do today. When you find yourself circled in by the acts of offense that have been done in your life, you're going to choose to take that person that's offended you and you're going to pray for them. And then you're going to forgive them. And when you forgive them, they're going to be released from the trap. You're going to pray for the person that has hurt you and you're going to offer forgiveness and the trap will begin to release. You're going to pray for the person that has brought things in your life that hurt you and cause you pain, you're going to give forgiveness and you're going to release them. You're going to pray and you're going to forgive. You're going to pray, and you're going to forgive. You're gonna pray, and you're gonna forgive. You're gonna pray, and you're gonna forgive. And before you realize it, You are the one who has been set free. You are the one who is no longer controlled by the trap of offense, by the captivity of offense, and you are the one who will now stand. And you will say, God, I have done it your way. I have honored you and there will be a sense of freedom inside of you. I promise you that you haven't experienced before. Because praying and forgiving someone, that's not normal. Normal, normal, whatever that is. People in the world who don't have the hope of Jesus, you don't do that. When you make an offense, that's it. You are cut off. But when people see in your life that you're gonna choose to pray and forgive, they're gonna be like, hold up, what up? What is the deal here? How can you walk in freedom? I know what those people did to you and this becomes your testimony. Yeah. Yes. Your prayer and your forgiveness and your letting go of those offenses in your life becomes a testimony to those around you. If you found today's message helpful, feel free to rate, review, or even share it with a friend. I Also wanna encourage you to think about partnering with us, you know, together through your giving, we can take this message around the world and make a difference in the lives of so many people.